All right, welcome back to What Is and What Could Be with Michael Clark Architect. Thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here with you again today in this podcast series where we talk through what it feels like to collaborate with an architect and what is involved in realising an architectural project. We talk through the creative thinking behind the design of spaces and places. And today we're on part two of this three-part mini-series circling back to one of the original points we were discussing at the beginning of this podcast series and we'll continue to discuss and it's this idea of why or an answer to the question, why work with an architect? And we're answering it two ways. What is it that an architect does and why do we do what we do? And I wanted to revisit this because, as I explained in the last episode, I had an encounter with my business coach and a colleague in my business coaching group where they explained that they had always believed that architecture as an undertaking, architectural project realization, working, collaborating with an architect, whether it was because of emotional, energetic, or economical reasons was not for them. It was a foregone conclusion. It was a limiting belief, minimization, whatever you want to call it. They were predisposed to this idea. And they're not unique. I don't have statistics in front of me, but my understanding from some statistics I read many years ago is that less than 5% of homes designed in Australia have architectural involvement or have an involve, include an architect, are designed by architects. And I don't have the same statistics on fit outs and the like. I dare say that that might be changing as we sort of get more information, more detailed information on who's working on what through this online planning portal submission at least in New South Wales. I don't have these statistics in front of me updated and I don't have where I got them from in the first place. So I might be wrong and I'd be happily told that I'm wrong. But until then, this is the reality. And whether I'm right or wrong, you can go down most streets and appreciate, you know, instinctively, subjectively, that it's quite likely that that is true. And I want to debunk this. If it comes from a place of clients or would-be clients being like my business coach and a colleague in my business coaching group, that it's a result of a foregone conclusion. And I want to do that for several ways across this podcast series with guests and the like. I want to inspire, delight, intrigue, raise curiosity to get people at least talking to architects. Whether or not you follow it through the whole way or at all, completely understand, but at least you've reached out and you've not said there's no way an architect would be interested in this project or that it's warranted, it's justified, whatever the reasons are. I want to challenge that. I want to debunk that. So all through this episode, please appreciate that my discussions, the things I'm putting forward are an effort to debunk that, that this comes from a place of compassion, empathy, sympathy towards would-be clients reaching out and worried that 
that's not the right approach for whatever reason. Okay, and we're doing this, we're responding to this by saying, well, why would an architect say yes to a commission? Why would an architect pursue a commission? And we, you know, sort of suggested that sounded a little bit like stalking in relationship circles or romantic circles. No, that's not what I mean. I mean in terms of, you know, increasing visibility to a particular client, uh, reaching out to someone who's just bought a property, go and making yourself known to a particular organization, submitting an expression of interest, getting involved in a competition design submission, something along those lines. Why would we choose to do that, let alone be approached by a client and say yes? Why would we do that? And I'm saying this because I want to put the would-be client in the mind of an architect for a minute. And this is this architect based on discussions I've had with colleagues and my experience working. I'm not sitting here with other colleagues having this roundtable discussion. Eventually, hopefully we'll do that. But until now, it's just me. And last week we started by bringing up one of the three points that for me and many others, I dare say, are the reasons why you say yes to a project. And ideally, we have two of these three. So what were they? They were good, obviously subjective and relative to that practice, but they were good fee, good client, good project. And we like to have two of those three before saying yes to a project. Last week, we spoke at very high level about the concept of a good fee, not in terms of dollar value, not in terms of economics, right? I'm not going to sit here and say that this amount is what an architect expects to be paid or what they expect to be good. It's not really what I wanted to go into at this point. I wanted to more conceptualize the idea of what goes into the construction of a good fee. And if a client comes back to accept that, why it's considered good. Not going to revisit that today. Today, we're talking about a good client. And remember, I'll say it only one more time. I'm doing this not to heighten anxiety or uncertainty. I'm hoping that it does the opposite because the reality for me, if we talk through the three components, for some reason, I always work in three and I always seem to have alliteration at some point. Uh, and I forgot one last episode. I think last episode I had three groups of alliterations, but I forgot one. I said that for some reason uh, a client or would-be client doesn't reach out to an architect uh, because of economic, emotional or energetic uncertainty associated with the undertaking. And then I also said that in regards to the iterations for design, there was push-pull, prod, test precedent and proportion. And I forgot to mention that, uh, you know, when it comes to projects, we're talking about the, uh, the why, the what, and the where. Why is the project coming to be? What is the project going to be? And where is it going to be? Separate from clients, separate from fee proposal. I forgot that last, last episode. Anyway, back to focus, good client. Three components. I'm gonna talk about each of them. Uh, briefly and try and drop some stories into this. Now, the first one I think is so important because it speaks to the fact that in my opinion, to be a good client doesn't actually take that much at all. And I, I am smiling as I say this, but some of the stuff I might put forward, you think, oh, well, it's not a lot in that. One of them is a key component that not everyone is necessarily up for, and that's okay. 
But the first one is the fact that you have reached out to an architect to begin with. You've taken that step. Kudos to you for reaching out, putting your hand up, calling, emailing, reaching out through social media, going to a social event, whatever it is, because my experience uh, and you know, I haven't ever directly asked someone this. I'd love to ask clients after the fact maybe, but my experience when I was working for bigger organizations uh, than my own company, I uh, sometimes I'd answer the phone and speak to would-be clients or potential clients. And there's a tone or a hint in their voice that they've bought in particular suburb. They wanna do this and they're wondering if you'd wanna get involved. And I'm there thinking, wow, well done. Well done for reaching out. And I don't know, I can't speak to this with 100% confidence, but I did feel that on um, most occasions there was a hint of sort of anxiety or minimization or not really sure about this, would you be interested? And I just wanted to pat them on the back and say, well done. Sure, there might have been misalignment between the way they saw the project proceeding or their budget or their vision or you know the geography or so, the, the distance in traveling to meet them, whatever it might be. Like, it doesn't really matter what unfolded. It more is that I'm saying, well done to that client. I'm saying this is a good client. A good client is a client who reaches out, who understands that they need some assistance in realizing their vision, whether it's home, uh, apartment, uh, retail tenancy, fit out, cafe, gym fit out, whatever it might be, right? They're putting their hand out to say, I'm wondering what the architectural uh, response will be like. I had a client once who had gone down the route of a project home and was happy with the design, explained to me that the design was elegant, they were quite happy with it, but they weren't happy with the fact that they, they were limited in terms of finishes, materials, and in fact, I think it was as small as they weren't particularly keen on some fixtures uh, that the project home offer had put forward and they couldn't change those. And so they then thought, well, what's an architectural response going to be like? Let's reach out, let's see where that goes. Curiosity. They understood, and now I'm going to talk about all clients, that there's technical drawings involved with realizing this vision, their vision. And they're not capable of producing those technical drawings or at least to a level that's required of a town planning assessment or for a builder to build off. And on top of that, there's code compliance, be it regulatory uh, in regards to the building code, let alone planning codes let alone on top of all of that, they'd like the response to be, you know, an elegant, refined, considered, creative response to their vision and specific to where they live. That's the feedback I'm getting back from multiple clients of their experience with me is it satisfies two criteria for them, which is that it makes something special of where they are on this planet and it is specific to, to them, the way they live. I'll come more to that in a second. So they've reached out, they've said they need some assistance and well done, tick. I've got to tell you straight up that when I got those calls at those corporate organizations, those bigger organizations, I got a bit of a tingle and I was like, oh wow, you know, do you want to come in and meet? It wasn't my place to have those discussions. And sometimes when I passed them on to the superior, they didn't, 
go much further or they did meet or whatever it might be. Now, that's a bigger company, uh, but the discussion was had and that was really good. And I applaud those clients. Now, when that happens to me in my business, I get a little bit of a tingle still. I remember being a junior in those offices and thinking, oh, wow, someone has reached out. And in my own practice, I get a sense of pride and delight that someone has said, hey, can you have a look at my world? At sculpting the backdrop, the shell to my world. And that is, that is incredible. It reminds me of a scene from the movie Ghostbusters around 1980, in the 80s, sorry, where uh, uh, the movie, if you're familiar with it, it's got um, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. It was uh, rebooted in uh, the last couple of years, I think, released around the time of um, uh, government restrictions. And so I'm not sure if that meant that it suffered at the box office or what, but in any case, the 80s is a classic film that was done on a shoestring budget and achieved a lot. And now I'm turning this into a movie show. So I'm going to stop. But the Ghostbusters, you meet them in a networking event of some description or a social description. What do you do? I'm a Ghostbuster. Oh, wow, that doesn't sound like there'd be necessarily a lot of work. Well, you can challenge me on that. Perhaps I'm completely wrong, but at least for the purposes of the movie, that was consistent. Until one day that someone did ring and receptionist answered and she said, yes, in a non-needy, calm, cool, collective tone, took down the details, there's alliteration again, took down the details, hung up the phone and all that, let's call it grace and poise and restraint, was abandoned as she stands up and yells to the boys, we got one! and slams down the reception bell to get them ready. And I think she hit an alarm. I can't remember the exact scene. Uh, Anyway, and they jump up in interaction. I feel a little bit of that, just a little tiny bit of that, or even a lot of that, if you're, you're sort of reading my enthusiasm here, when someone does reach out and uh, let's, let's have an exchange. I have a director, or I had a director. Uh, I remember on the, he was on the phone to his fiance. And he was saying, this project in New Zealand looks like it's going ahead. And these other people are calling on Friday to maybe meet on Saturday. And he was excited, enamored with the idea that there were people that were reaching out to his company to say, can you help me with my business? He did a lot of um, uh, restaurants and cafes and uh, pubs and the like. And he was excited that they had reached out. Where it goes, no one knows. But that's number one. Number one, well done that you've reached out, okay? You've gone against the grain of what I'm saying is the general belief of society, which has been the catalyst to doing this podcast episode. And you've said, let's see where this goes. Um, The second is revealing your character. Now, not everyone is up for this, okay? But To a lesser extent, I dare say you may be, most clients may be. And I want to talk a lot more about this as the episodes go on. You know, I'm I'm in this business coaching group and a lot of the time, uh, story-based marketing, character-based marketing and sales is where things are at. And I think character-based architectural responses has probably been around for a while, but really working through it is is important, excuse me, in 2023. And it's something I really subscribe to. You've got to remember I'm the architect that talks to clients about how their dogs 
behave in spaces so as to imagine as how the new space might work for them. And this is the idea of characters, okay? So revealing your character and responding to the vision, which includes reference to character, understanding that. And with that comes a level of engagement. Now, the depths as to how far you want to reveal your character is completely up to you, okay? This is your house, your workspace, where you're educating, whatever. The more, the better for the architect, to be honest. But, you know, it's an exchange that occurs over a long period and iteratively, and so some things might flesh out more so over time. Some people don't want to wear their heart on their sleeves, that's okay. But at the very least, you've got to engage. And this might sound a little bit obvious, but on top of this, um, you know, revealing your character, the level of engagement, the level of communication, the level of time commitment, whatever the heading, you know, is, might be a bit of a messy second point, but I'm going to stay with revealing your character. To do that, you need to engage. To engage, you need to communicate. You need to participate. Contrary to popular belief, I haven't asked anyone this necessarily, we are creatives, and you might think that as creatives, we want to create um, unbridled, you know, without any form of restriction. There's enough restriction in council restrictions and building codes. I had a client recently say, you know, tongue in cheek, thank you to all the people that write codes and regulations and controls uh, and sympathized with our undertaking because we deal with this a lot. Um, so hard then is it, sorry, Yoda for a second from Star Wars, hard then, is it? It's hard then possibly to, on top of that, have the restrictions of client expectations, but not true. We as architects are not looking for yes clients, certainly not looking for no clients. We're looking for a client through this first point of curiosity, seeing where this goes, not so where it goes, but believing and trusting in the architect that they have a process that they follow that will allow the response, unique, special response to client vision to unfold. But from the outset, no idea. And if a client can sort of suspend his belief in regards to that, then great. But at the same time, when something is presented, to not necessarily always say yes and to not necessarily always say no, but you can always say yes, not ideal if you always say no, but it happens as long as you can demonstrate that you've engaged, right? So that's the key. To reveal your character, you need to engage, to assess the response to your vision against the character that you've revealed. You need to continually see these drawings, read the emails, meet the architect, respond to phone calls, all that kind of stuff, and take the time associated with that. I mean, I'll say one of my pet hates is that I'll send something to a client and then they'll say, uh, I'm on a bus looking at this or I'm in the taxi or on the way to the airport or whatever it might be. And you've done a sketch that's A3 sketch or some large format sketch. Now, not everyone has a printer. That's not my point here. The point is to assess what's been drawn and developed through, you know, a phone is sort of not ideal is what I would say. And not to say that you can't engage, but it's sort of minimizing the potential or, you know, it's less than ideal, basically. That's all I can say. I've had clients 
where I have had said that uh, the particular relationship, sorry, relationship from the dining room uh, to a sketch that they'd done for a bathroom means that you can see the toilet pan from the dining room, which I don't think is good. And uh, I sent an alternative, they considered it, they said, thank you for sending that through, I'd like to go ahead with my sketch. Okay, great. I said, we're not looking for yes people. This one said no, wasn't great, wasn't high-fiving, wasn't celebrating, but super respectful of the fact that that is the way they want to go. And that's fine. If you can demonstrate that you've engaged and considered, great, great. Um, Had another client where when they moved in, this is an extreme example, they said that all the PowerPoints and light switches were in the wrong location. Now there's no standard that says, here's where PowerPoints are to go. Here's where light switches are to go. So, you know, standards objectify things, I guess. And what had happened in this case is that client did not have the time to engage, to reveal their preferences for these two items. There were other things as well. Uh, And what that meant is that we, that is the architectural team, it wasn't when I was working uh, for myself, had to make some assumptions based on what we consider to be better practice. And, you know, that arch- that client maintained that an architect should know these things and we do know these things and we do have an opinion on them and it's based on projects where we don't know who the end user is going to be and we certainly don't have any engagement with them, uh, as is the case for apartment buildings or lots of other types. And we sort of base them based on, you know, good practice and what we understand to be a way to go. But this client said they were all wrong. Now they weren't wrong. They just were not consistent or in keeping with their expectation, their vision, because that vision was not revealed. Their character, the way they live, was not revealed. And therein lies the problem. Now, important to note that if you're not available to do that deep dive into character, you're not even available at all like this client, that's okay. Remember two things. First of all, is there are such things as uh, projects where clients don't have a particular opinion. And in that sense, the architect's looking to see if it's got, you know, good fee or good project. And that's okay. You know, developer projects happen all the time. That's okay. All right. That's completely fine. I dare say that most people do have a strong opinion or certainly want to get involved because they're going to own it, live in it, work in it. And so it has to be revealed. But if it is a developer project that ultimately is going to be an investment where you're not going to live and you're not going to work and you're not going to you know, be involved with much at all, then that's completely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just trying to give opportunity to say, okay, here's some thoughts and ways of going ahead with things. Uh, as a client to achieve an incredible result in collaboration with, uh, with our architect. Okay, and the third one is sort of an obvious one. I won't go too much into it, but it's appreciating the professional exchange, which overlaps to an extent with point two, which was to a certain extent about you know, communication and being available to meet. The important point to note when reaching out to an architect is okay, if you don't have a lot of time and you can't engage and you can't do a deep dive into character or any dive into character, that's that's okay. But please appreciate at some point you're going to have to, the client is going to have to engage on some level because when engaging an architect, you're not outsourcing critical thought. And arguably, as I put this forward, hopefully it's revealing that it's a pro. It's a, it's a pro in regards to engaging an architect. 
but you're not getting someone to make all the decisions for the client. You're getting someone to develop a response to your vision through a language medium that is drawings and other, other elements, but mainly drawings, models, uh, to reveal a response to your vision that you have to engage with and say yes, no, or maybe to. Okay, therein lies your homework or the client's homework to, critical think, to, to think critically. Yes, initially, the initial response, and there's a lot of thought and a lot of decisions that are worked through uh, on the client's behalf for an architect, but ultimately they are developed into this drawing and this other forms of documentation and placed in front of a client for consideration. So you're not outsourcing critical thought thinking. You're outsourcing the development of a response to critical thought for you, that is client, to ultimately approve or provide instruction. And if that's understood, the exchange needs to be one that is professional. Now this one, as I said, this is number three, hopefully a little bit obvious. You know, architects aren't necessarily defining a good client as a client who they're high-fiving and cheering and celebrating and going to lunches and dinners with and all that sort of stuff. If that happens, great, okay? But it's not the expectation. It's usually the expectation because you're sharing so much of, of your world, you know, doing the deep dive into how your business works and how, where your businesses come from or how you teach in a particular setting or how you live, where your PowerPoints go, how you want the dining room to be shaped where your dogs need to sit, how they're going to use your pool. You know, and I can give even more intimate examples. Uh, I, I, I won't, but I, I, you know, the reality is it's a deep dive. How deep is completely up for grabs, but this is a world of toilets and laundries and washing machines and kitchens and children and dogs and partners. So there's intimacy there, but we don't have to be best friends. We just have to respect each other on that professional level. Now, that's an interesting point because uh, if you don't feel like um, that's something that's available, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as there's that professional exchange of showing up, of responding, and hopefully it goes without saying of paying, of paying your architect, it's a really important matter. Those architects are spending a lot of time, a lot of hours looking at multiple lines that represent a response to vision. Time is money, money is fee. Anyway, won't get too much into that. Hopefully it goes without saying. All right, they're the three points in relation to what is, in my opinion and an opinion shared by others, uh, that we'll talk through in other episodes, no doubt. What makes the ingredients for a good client? One, the fact that they've reached out to begin with and maintain a level of curiosity as to where that's going to go. That's number one. And you almost might say, well, if, if I hadn't have reached out, how could I have had an architect? Well, maybe you've reached out under you know, pressure or something from someone else. You know, It's got to be your decision. And I forgot to mention this, a lot of these episodes I'm trying, as I said at the beginning, to intrigue, inspire, delight. I do not believe that at this scale, architecture should necessarily be regulated or working with an architect should be mandated. I do not believe that. I'm hearing from circles that that might happen. I hope it doesn't because at this scale, you know, fit outs, cafes, restaurants, homes, apartments, it's, it, it, I just don't believe it should happen. Other scales, 
another discussion, but certainly not at this scale. So I'm trying to do it through inspiration, not through uh, it being a regulation. Anyway, curiosity is number one, reaching out. Well done. Number two, revealing your character and engaging in the process to continually update the character that will be you, your family, your business occupying this space. And number three, acknowledging the professional exchange. And hopefully number three goes without saying, but if you're not available time-wise uh, or it's just not that project for number two, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, architects work with all those sort of projects, but I really want to say that if you know, you're know you excited about your business, you're excited about where you live and you feel like there's an opportunity to do something special with it to someone who does this sort of thing for a living, don't think by default, that they wouldn't be interested, it's not justified, it's not warranted, whatever it is, whatever the limiting belief is. Don't think like that, please. All right, a <laughs> uh, little bit longer than I thought that was going to be. Thank you for hanging in there. Uh, we'll see you next time. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to What Is and What Could Be with Michael Clark Architect. See you next time.